Hare Krishna, welcome to this episode of Bhagavad Gita and today's topic is chapter 3 verse 40. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Agyanatimirandhasya Gyananjala Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Shri Chaitanya Manu Bhishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Hakadamahim Dadadiswa Padantikam Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Yutapadakamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavamscham Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunathan Mitam Damsajivam Sadvaitam Savadhutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakhan Mitamscha He Krishna Karuna Sindho Dinabandho Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Vrishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye <coughs> Vancha Kalpatarubhyascha Kripa Sindhubhya Evacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prishthaya Bhutale Srimate Bhakti Vedanta Swaminiti Namine <coughs> Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Sunyavadi Paschatya Deshatarine Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhunityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasadi Gaurabhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare So welcome to this episode of uh, Bhagavad Gita Today's topic is chapter 3 text 40 So yesterday in the verse 39 We have learnt that lust is our greatest enemy in this world And it covers our transcendental knowledge <clears throat> As we know, we are the soul actually is pure. Nitya Siddha, Krishna Bhakti Sadhaka Bhunai, Shravanadi Shuddha Chitte Koraya Udai. That means, as <clears throat> I said in the Nitya Siddha Krishna. Nitya Siddha Krishna Prema Sadhaka Bhunai Shravanadi Suddha Chitte Koraya Udai. This is in Bengali. Pure love for Krishna is eternally established in the hearts of the living entities. It is not something to be gained from another source. When the heart is purified by hearing and chanting, this love naturally awakens. So, We, we don't, it's not an artificial imposition on the mind. It's just that the lust, the covering of lust. Avratam jnana metena. That's what yesterday's verse was. You know. If you see yesterday's verse. Avratam jnana metena. Jnano nitya vairina. Eternal enemy. Kama rupena kaunteya. Dushpurena nalena cha. 
Thus, the wise living entity's pure consciousness becomes covered by his eternal enemy in the form of lust, which is never satisfied and which burns like fire. Now, today's verse is more elaboration and more detail where to find this enemy of lust. We know that, that our enemy is lust. And now, where to find it? So, that clue is given in today's verse 3.40 of Bhagavad Gita. So let's chant it together. You chant with me, word by word, and then we will chant line by line, and then we will proceed to the explanation. Indriyani Manaha Buddhi Asya Adhishthanam Uchyate Etaihi Vimohayati Eshaha Jnanam Avritya Dehinam Indriyani Mano Buddhir Asyadhishthana Muchyate Etair Vimohayat Yesha Jnanamavritya Dehinam So this is this Sandhi here Vimohayati Esha But together because there is a Y at the end you see The I becomes a Y because there is a sandhi, so it has to be chanted together. Vimohayat yesha. Vimohayat yesha. <coughs> it's not Vimoha, Vimohayati esha. It's not chanted like that because of the sandhi. Vimohayat yesha. <coughs> so we'll chant again. Indriyani, Indriyani mano buddhir. Asyadhishthana muchyate. Etair Vimohayatyesha Jnanamavritya Dehinam Alright <coughs> Indriyani The senses Manaha The mind Buddhi The intelligence Asya Of this lust Adhishthanam Sitting place Uchyate Is called Etaihi by all these, Vimohayati bewilders, Eshaha, this lust, Jnanam, knowledge, Avritya, covering, Dehinam, of the embodied. <coughs> Translation and purport by His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada Kichai. Translation, the senses, the mind and the intelligence are the sitting places of this lust. Through them, lust covers the real knowledge of the living entity and bewilders him. As you can see here, <coughs> Jnana Mavritya <coughs> Excuse me. So, Jnana means knowledge and Avritya means covering. Yesterday's verse also, 39th verse also had the same thing. Jnana Mavritya huh? Avritam Jnana Metena Here today, Jnana Mavritya so, so where now we know lust is the enemy. 
Now, where is the last sitting? Just like Prabhupada explains in the purport, you see the first line. The enemy has captured different strategic positions in the body of the conditioned soul and therefore, Lord Krishna is giving hints of those places so that one who wants to conquer the enemy may know where he can be found. Now, to know who is the enemy, who the enemy is, is not, is not enough. We should know where the enemy is. So, very strategic positions the enemy has already captured. The senses, the mind and the intelligence. These are our interface with the material world. The soul, the soul's interface with the material world is through false ego and that false ego uh, deals with this intelligence, the mind and the senses. And this is how we interact with the material world. So, right at that interface, the lust has taken over. <coughs> the enemy has captured different strategic positions in the body of the conditioned soul and therefore Lord Krishna is giving hints of those places so that one who wants to conquer the enemy may know where he can be found. Mind is the center of all the activities of the senses. And thus, when we hear about sense objects, the mind generally becomes a reservoir of all ideas of sense gratification. Look at that. So, mind is the center of all activities of the senses. And when we hear about sense objects, the mind generally becomes a reservoir of all ideas of sense gratification. See then, so how it works is that the senses interact and let the mind know what are the sense objects. And once the sense objects are there, the mind creates so many ideas how to enjoy those sense objects. You know? So, you see how it's working. Um, <clears throat> and as a result, the mind and the senses become the repositories of lust. This is exactly what is the second chapter, 62nd verse. Dhyayato vishyan pumsa sangasteshu pajayate. We will go there. We'll just read this whole... Um, Purport. I think it's not. Okay, there is some length to this purport. Okay, then we will go to the other verse and come back here. You see this. The sense objects, the senses. So when they interact, there is dhyayato visham by contemplation. That is, a, you see, 2.62 of Bhagavad Gita. Dhyayato Vishayan Pumsaha. See, while contemplating the sense objects, you see that? How do, how, do we, how do we contemplate sense objects? Through the senses. Through the senses, we contemplate the sense objects. And then, Sangasteshu Pajayate. You see? While contemplating the objects of the senses, a person develops attachment for them. So, this is where the mind comes in. What is that attachment? the ideas of sense gratification, how to enjoy these objects of the senses. So, this is where and from such attachment, lust develops. This is how it is acting. Next, the intelligence department becomes the capital of such lustful propensities. Intelligence becomes the capital. Uh, it's like a country has a capital. So, this lustful propensity, the capital is the intelligence. Intelligence is the next immediate next door neighbor of the spirit soul. 
lusty intelligence influences the spirit soul to acquire the false ego and identify itself with matter and thus with the mind and the senses. The spirit soul becomes addicted to enjoying the material senses and mistakes this as true happiness. This false identification of the spirit soul is very nicely explained in Srimad Bhagavatam Canto 10 chapter 84 verse 13 A human being who identifies this body made of three elements with his self that means if he thinks that he is this body made of three elements which is kapha pitta vayo that means mucus bile and air <clears throat> who considers the byproducts of the body to be his kinsmen to think that one's family members are their own uh, or oh, this is my wife this is my children this is my parents these are all based on the body bodily relationship so if one considers like that if this is mine then uh, First, when we identify ourselves with the body, then we identify that our family members connected with this body are mine. And to also consider our enemies based on our bodily identification, our enemies are our enemies. To consider even like that, that is also part of the attachment also. Raga and Dvesha are two sides of the same coin. <coughs> then next, one who considers the land of birth worshipable, patriotism you know and who goes to the place of pilgrimage simply to take a bath rather than meet men of transcendental knowledge there is to be considered like an ass or a cow you see that so all these i mean a person who does all these things firstly identify oneself with the body next to think that the family members are his own next who considers um, yeah his land of birth as worshipable. Next, who, glo- who goes to a place of pilgrimage only to take a bath but not meet the saintly people and learn f- about transcendental knowledge. The person who does these things is no better than an ass or a cow. In other words, he is no better than an animal. So that is the verdict of Srimad Bhagavatam. So we should not do uh, things for namesake. Oh, I have went for uh, what? Tirthi Yatra. What did you do? Take bath and come back. Take shower and come back. Of course, we also do the same thing when we go there. But in addition to that, we have to listen. And that is the real deal of going to a holy holy place. Just like when you go to a business conference, you are expected to network with those people there, right? And make connections and learn from the business experts how to do business and how to advance your business. That's the whole idea of such conferences. But if I go there, drink water (laughs) and come back. So what did I gain in that? If I don't, if there are some, you know, business experts speaking, you know, but I don't listen to all that. I just go there, you know, look for some water, look for some food and that's it. Come back. So what is the gain in that? That food I could have eaten in my, you know, home. That water I could have, you know, drank in my home, you know. So, what is the real um, benefit? So, this is what is said here. So, this is called the bodily concept of life. Animal propensity. 
human being is not supposed to do like this human being means he has to understand that i am a soul you see the first thing yasatma buddhi kunape tridhatu kunape means bag bag this body is like a bag of you know skin which contains inside all the bones flesh you know blood and mucus urine stool all these disgusting elements a bag of disgusting elements that is what this body is but if we think that that bag is what we are that is illusion that means we are animal if we think like that because animals think like that and if we also think like that we are called dvipada pashu and because we think like that we think happiness means to satisfy the senses of this body because i think i am the body therefore satisfy the senses is the definition of happiness and that's how senses then the mind and the intelligence these are the sitting places of lust and as much as we engage or indulge in these um, bodily pleasures sense gratification the more and more we are entangled in the complexities of the illusory energy therefore we need to understand and all that starts from knowledge gyanam gyanam avritya dehinam this lust covers the knowledge the only way it has to be um, the lust has to be removed is again give back knowledge when the knowledge is injected then we can uh, we can direct our mind we can direct our senses how to engage so now you see here it's important point so now three places where the lust is sitting right the senses the mind the intelligence now let's see how each of these things makes us fall into this trap of lust and drags us down how do, okay how does the drag how does the drag happens here we have just seen that verse you see 2.62 dhyato vishanpam sa sangaste shupa jayate sangasan jayate kama kamat krodho vijayate you see while contemplating the objects of the senses a person develops it attachment for them and from such attachment lust develops and from lust anger arises now what happens next krodhat bhavati sammoha sammoha smriti vibhramah smriti bhramshat buddhi nasho buddhi nashat pranashyati so this is what happens then what is that from anger complete delusion arises and from delusion bewilderment of memory when memory is bewildered intelligence is lost and when intelligence is lost one falls down again into this material pool so this is how stage by stage we are dragged just a second so you see that how we are dragged so lust then gives rise to gives rise to anger then anger from anger we have delusion from delusion to bewilderment of memory and bewilderment of memory intelligence is lost and intelligence is lost then we fall down into the material pool so this is how we are dragged all starts with the starting point senses mind intelligence strategic positions now how the senses lead us away 2.16 of bhagavad gita we have a verse 
यतोह्यपिकौंतेय पुरुषस्य विपश्चितः इंद्रियाणि प्रमाथीनि हरन्ति प्रसभं मनः इंद्रियाणि मीन्स सेन्सेस द सेन्सेस आर सो स्ट्रांग एंड इम्पेचुअस ओ अर्जुन दट दे फोर्सिबली कैरी अवे द माइंड इवन ऑफ अ मैन ऑफ डिस्क्रिमिनेशन हु इज एंडेवरिंग टू कंट्रोल दम नाउ each of these strategic positions are so strong positions that even if a man is highly intelligent and he is a moral morally upright man even then the the, the senses can take him away just like vishwamitra muni saubhari muni and even brahma lord shiva we have examples where such great uh, exalted personalities have become victim of the senses uh, it is not Uh, so easy oh senses all right senses are not so big deal mind may be intelligence no every one of them are big deals huh? and if we if we are not careful we just thrown away that is explained in the 2.67 again indriya indriyanam hi charatam yanmano nuvidhiyate tadasya harati pragyam वायुर्नावम इवांभसी एज अ स्ट्रांग विंड स्वीप्स अवे अ बोट ऑन द वाटर इवन वन ऑफ द रोमिंग सेंसेस ऑन व्हिच द माइंड फोकसेस कैन कैरी अवे अ मैनस इंटेलिजेंस सी दैट इवन वन ऑफ द रोमिंग सेंसेस आर रोमिंग ऑलवेज लुकिंग फॉर सेंस ऑब्जेक्ट्स and when the senses see the sense objects the mind is creating plans how to enjoy that so the senses are scouting around for sense objects and the moment we our senses are open that's it we we are always on the lookout the senses are always open right unless we are deeply sleeping our eyes are open our nose is open hmm? our ears are open our tongue is there of course mouth is closed but you know tongue is the worst <laughs> of all the tongue is the worst to control sharira vidya jal jarendra tahe kal jeeve phele vishe sagare tar madhye jihvati tar madhye jihvati the tongue is the worst sense to control it has a lid you know this mouth is closing other senses don't have of course eyes have eyes do also do have the eyelids to close but you see the nose doesn't have a you know shutting mechanism and ears don't have the skin doesn't have touch you see but tongue and eyes we have and the eyes other than as being asleep we are always open and even in sleep sometimes we are seeing dreams so the eye is always almost engaged then the mouth although it has a you know shutting mechanism it is the most voracious to control cannot stop eating cannot stop talking two things simply simply engaging them continuously now we will see how each of these senses actually trap us let us take some examples from the animals 
okay maybe we will go to this place Srimad Bhagavatam gives some idea because one second you see this chapter is very interesting here in the 11th canto 8th chapter we have information Okay, now we have here, you see, okay, let us read from here, 11.8.7, hmm? of course we can read the Sanskrit, I will just read the English. One who has failed to control his senses immediately feels attraction upon seeing a woman's form which is created by the illusory energy of the Supreme Lord. Indeed, when the woman speaks with enticing words, smiles coquettishly and moves her body sensuously, his mind is immediately captured and thus he falls blindly into the darkness of material existence just as a moth maddened by the fire rushes blindly into its flames. Now, there is an example, a moth. So, the moth gets attracted to the fire. The sight, the sense of sight is pulling the moth towards death. Similarly, now, although the moth has the one sense, where that sense will drag, her, drag him to death, we have all five senses, all strong, whereas these animals have one particular sense which is very strong and which can be manipulated and you know and the animal may be trapped because of that but all our senses all five are strong and our mind and our intelligence very very strong so here the sight if we see a woman's form one who has failed to control his senses immediately feels i think i really like like the sanskrit of all these verses should get acquainted with the sanskrit since there is our mission here, we will go through the Sanskrit. Drishtva striyam devamayam tadbhavai rajitendriyaha pralobhitah patatyandhe tamasya gnau patangavat patanga means moth. Drishtva striyam. So that is this. You see in the purport here. Srila Sridhar Swami explains in this regard that just as a moth is killed by its attraction to the form of fire, similarly, a bee can easily be killed by exploiting its attraction to the fragrance of flowers. Now, the smell, the sense of smell is the problem for the bee. A bee can easily be killed by exploiting its attraction to the fragrance of flowers. Because once it does that, and then comes back to the honeybee and then the hunter 
you know, sets the honeybee on fire, I mean the honeycomb on fire and then that's it, killed. So furthermore, hunters may trap and kill an elephant by exploiting its sensuous desire to touch a captive female elephant and may also kill a deer by attracting it with the sounds of their horns. You see, all these animals, you see, the bee is, you know, uh, attracted to the flower, fragrance, so the, the smell. Then the elephant is attracted, uh, the, gen- the genitals of the elephant are so strong that, you know, when they, to capture a he elephant, they will train a she elephant to, you know, lure the elephant into, you know, the path that they want him to take. So, but the she-elephant knows that there is, you know, a, a big, uh, what is that, ditch. But then, which they actually dug up, you know, for the, for capturing the elephant. And then, she moves in a way that she will not fall into it, but the he-elephant will fall into it. And that's how he's, ca- he's captured. And the deer, by the sounds of their horns, you know, the hunters, they have these um, bugles or horns or sometimes they have the flute. So when they play the music, the deer easily gets attracted. So the ear is the strong sense of the deer and then because of that, you know, he can he can be captured. Then there is a fish. A fish is killed by its desire to taste the bait on a hook. Now there is so much food in the water, but there is, when there is this bait that comes into the water, ah, the fish wants that also. Greedy. Prabhupada said rascal greedy. <laughs> so, because of that, the fish goes and captures the bait. So, the tongue of the fish is its problem. Thus, one who desires to learn detachment from material illusion should accept these five helpless creatures as guru and learn the needful. See, this is called fatal attraction. Of the five types of fatal attraction involving the material sense objects, the lesson of rupa or form is illustrated in this verse. Fatal attractions. The next verse says, also about woman. Of course, we have all the five examples here already. Yoshidhiranya bharanambaradi dravyeshu maya rachiteshu mudhaha Pralobhitatma Hyupabhoga Buddha Patangavanashyatinashta Drishtihim. A foolish person with no intelligent discrimination is immediately aroused at the sight of a lusty woman beautifully decorated with golden ornaments, fine clothing, and other cosmetic features. Being eager for sense gratification, such a fool loses all intelligence and is destroyed just like the moth who rushes into the blazing fire. So in this way, Many, all the different. And then the, we have also examples of the frog, which has its power of speaking, croaks. And the frog croaks. And what it does by doing that? It invites the snakes. Ah, come snake, kill me, I am here. That's what happens when a frog croaks. Because of the sound, the snake comes. The snake does not have ears actually. It cannot hear, but it senses the vibration through, through the skin. That's how the snake does it. So, then we have also the example of a a mouse. A mouse can be captured because of the sense of tongue again, like the fish. When there is a trap with some cheese or something like rat food, he will go and eat that and then he will get stuck there. 
so they have these uh, rat traps and all these things so in this way each of the animals and you know subhuman species are captured by exploiting their fatal attractions the problem with humans is any one of the roaming senses and each of them are as strong every sense is strong in human life each of them attracts fatal attractions as a strong wind sweeps away a boat on the water even one of the roaming senses on which the mind focuses can carry away a man's intelligence this is this is the human body human senses and <clears throat> by giving into this we ask for so much trouble so much trouble hmm. there's actually so many ex- uh, examples but you get the point you see the senses you know are very very powerful hmm. we can't take them lightly because they are the ones who are introducing the sense objects to the mind and the mind is making the plans how to enjoy and the mind passes the bait into intelligence okay now you execute these plans in the best possible way now this 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 i want now what is feasible what is not feasible intelligence you decide you do the logistics of how to enjoy the senses sense objects so in this way and then intelligence which is you know in today's verse it is said here nicely you see the intelligence department becomes a capital um Ah, lusty intelligence influences the spirit soul to acquire the false ego false ego means a false identification so the lusty intelligence will in, he in, influences the spirit soul to acquire the false ego and identify itself with matter and thus with the mind and senses so now we have seen the senses how they are so dangerous and how each of the senses are trapping us with these fatal attractions now the mind the mind is even worse let's look at some of the things that the mind does firstly let's see what arjuna says six chapter 33rd verse of bhagavad gita arjuna vacha yoyam yogastvaya proktah samye namadhusudana etasyaham na pashyami ृष्णिवसुष्करम the mind is restless turbulent obstinate and very strong o krishna and to subdue it i think is more difficult than controlling the wind now the wind is how to control the wind <laughs> there's a hurricane how to control it we can't control it uh, the only way <laughs> i mean there is no way you just have to find some strong shelter and go there and that shelter is actually krishna's lotus feet so the mind is restless and turbulent it's worse than the raging most raging storm uh, that's how the mind is and most of the time 
he is actually acting as our biggest enemy. 6.5 of Bhagavad Gita Uddharedatman atmanam natmanam avasadayet atmaiva hyatmano bandhur atmaiva ripuratmanaha One must deliver himself with the help of his mind and not degrade himself. The mind is the friend of the conditioned soul and his enemy as well. 6.6 Bandhur atma atmanastasya yenatmaiva atmanajitaha anatmanastu shatrutve vartetatmaiva shatruvat For him who has conquered the mind, the mind is the best of friends. But for one who has failed to do so, his mind will remain the greatest enemy. See that? But who is in the control of the, of the mind? Only a Goswami, a pure devotee of Krishna only can control the mind. Controlling the mind means like this. It's explained explain in the second chapter of Bhagavad Gita 2.58 Yada samharate chayam kurmongani vasarvashaha indriyan indriyarthebhyas tasya pragnya pratishthita one who is able to withdraw his senses from sense objects. As the tortoise draws its limbs within the shell, is firmly fixed in perfect consciousness. Whenever the tortoise wants, he can manifest his legs. And whenever he wants, he can keep them covered and you, you will just look like a shell. That is a Goswami. Goswami can manifest his senses whenever he wants. And whenever it is not needed, he will just shut them off. He will not interact. So he will only interact... He will use his senses only in the service of the Lord, when they are meant to be used. Like he, is, he uses his sense of speech in talking about the Lord, chanting his holy name. And he would use his ten, sense of taste for only taste in Krishna Prasadam and other times no. And the same thing about seeing, you know, these are all explained nicely. We have King Ambrish who has exemplified all these things. How he used his senses. Nine dot four dot eighteen through twenty. Savai manah Krishna padara vindayor vacham vacham sevai kuntha guna anuvarnane karauharer mandiramar janadisho shrutam shrutim chakara chuta satkatho daye mukundalinga layadarshane drishao tadbhritya gatras parshenga sangamam. Ghranam Chatatpada Saroja Saurabhe Srimatulasya Rasanam Tadarpite Padohare Kshetra Padanu Sarpane Shiro Rishikesha Padabhivandane Kamam Chadasya Natukama Kamyaya Yathotama Shloka Janashrayaratihi Maharaj Ambarish always engaged his mind in meditating upon the lotus feet of Krishna. The leader of the senses is the mind. First thing Maharaj Sambhavish did, engaged his mind in meditating upon the lotus feet of Krishna. His words in describing the glories of the Lord, his hands in cleansing the Lord's temple, and his ears in hearing the words spoken by Krishna or about Krishna. He engaged his ears in seeing the deity of Lord Krishna, Krishna's temples, and Krishna's places like Mathura and Vrindavan. He engaged his sense of touch in touching the bodies of the Lord's devotees. He engaged his sense of smell in smelling the fragrance of Tulusi offered to the Lord. 
and he engaged his tongue in tasting the Lord's prasad. He engaged his legs in walking to the holy places and temples of the Lord. His head in bowing down before the Lord and all his desires in serving the Lord 24 hours a day. Indeed, Maharaj Ambarish never desired anything for his own sense gratification. He engaged all his senses in devotional service and various engagements related to the Lord. This is the way to increase attachment for the Lord and be completely free from all material desires. This is the solution actually for the entire problem. How to attack this lust which is sitting on the senses, mind and intelligence. All the desires, making plans. Intelligence means, you know, the function of intelligence is to make plans, you know, to rationalize, to to execute. All that... He is making plans on how to spread Krishna consciousness. His mind is always thinking of Krishna, of the pastimes of Krishna, of the holy name of Krishna, of you know services that he has to do for Krishna in that way. And with the, his bodily senses, the five knowledge acquiring senses, the five working senses, he engages them in the service of Krishna. A devotee, in fact, more than this, even the genitals also, the devotee uses in the service of Krishna by begetting nice children and make them devotees. And in this way, everything can be used in Krishna's service. That way, the senses become immune, immune to lust. So then there is the mind. Of course, this is the solution for entire thing. But we'll just go a little bit deep, deeper into the mind. So mind is very... We have actually seen a few verses for the past few days. How the mind is so dangerous. Um... We have seen this, but we will see. 5.11.16 Srimad Bhagavatam Nayavadetan manatmalingam samsaratapavapanam janasya yachokamoha mayaragalobha vairanubandham mamatam vidhatte The soul's designation, the mind, is the cause of all tribulations in the material world. As long as this fact is unknown to the conditioned living entity, he has to accept the miserable condition of the material body and wander within this universe in different positions. Because the mind is affected by disease, lamentation, illusion, attachment, greed and enmity, it creates bondage and a false sense of intimacy within this material world. Is the mind. Now, we have so many verses, but we will take, um, alright, this one. For every verse that I am taking, at least 10 other verses can be taken, you know. But, you know, you get the point, basically. 11.23.47 Bhagavatam Mano vashenyehi abhavansma deva Manaschananyasya vasham sameti Bhishmohi deva sahasaha sahiyan Yunjad vashetam sahideva deva All the senses have been under the control of the mind since time immemorial and the mind himself never comes under the sway of any other. He is stronger than the strongest and his godlike power is fearsome. Therefore, anyone who can bring the mind under control becomes the master of all the senses. Once we start trusting the mind, we are becoming the servant of the mind. One has to become master of the mind. One should never trust the mind. After capturing animals, a cunning hunter does not put faith in them, faith in them, for they might run away. 
Similarly, those who are advanced in spiritual life do not put faith in the mind. Indeed, they always remain vigilant and watch the mind's action. Tatha choktam nakuriyat karhi chitsakhyam manase hyanavasthite yad vishrambhachirachirnam chaskandatapaishwaram all the learned scholars have given their opinion. What is that? The mind is by nature very restless and one should not make friends with it. If we place full confidence in the mind, it may cheat us at any moment. Even Lord Shiva became agitated upon seeing the Mohini form of Lord Krishna and Saubhari Muni also fell down from the mature stage of yogic perfection. Uh, so, it is not lightweight. Mind is not at all lightweight. <laughs> One should not make friends with it. And Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur said, which I have repeated many times, uh, Prabhupada's guru. So he said, beat. Beat nicely, you know, not no mercy at all. Hundred times in the morning with shoes, beat the mind. Beat. Uh, whether the mind is crying or, you know, asking for some, uh, uh, what is that, um, you know, mercy or, you know, asking for some relaxation or something. No, 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 no mercy at all. Beating 100 times. Okay? Then night, before sleeping, another 100 times. This time with broomstick. Beating. Uh, that's how the mind has to be caned. We have to be ruthless with the mind, in other words. Uh, because the mind has been our so-called friend and always giving us the wrong counsel. counsel, uh, And dragging us towards, I mean, into this cycle of repeated birth and death. Why? At the last form, at the last point in life, whatever we think of, that we will become in the next life, right? With what we think? With the mind we think. So that last point, that thought comes where? In the mind. That mind has been dragging dragging us into this repeated cycle of birth and death. And we have listened to that. We, We treat the mind as such a great friend. This is our biggest problem. We treat the mind as our friend. Instead of treating him as an enemy, treat him as a friend. That is our biggest problem here. So, see, this is the thing. We should not put any confidence. It's like, you know, those um, in Mahabharat, there, is, there was a Shakuni <laughs> for the Kauravas. You know, acting always as a friend, he is the worst person who gives always the wrong counsel, wrong advice, and you know, always cunning, but appears like a good friend. Exactly like that the mind is. The mind is exactly like that, like Shakuni. Hmm. And also we have an example in Ramayana, where uh, that Manthara was there, counsellor of Kaikeyi. And she also, as a good friend, simply poisoning the mind of Kaikeyi. And the whole... Whole, uh, you know, kidnapping of, you know, Sita and, you know, killing of everything happened because of that kind of counsel. So much trouble because of the wrong counsel. Exactly the same way the mind is. Very cunning, at the same time acts like a big friend. Oh, closest friend, I am your best friend. I really mean well for you. And the Shakuni, he, you know, always planned. What happened? The entire, uh, what is that? Uh, Duryodhana and his brothers, everybody got killed because of his advice. This is the mind. Next verse. 5.6.4 
नित्यं ददाति कामस्य छिद्रं तम अनुयेरय योगिन कृत मैत्रस्य An unchaste woman is very easily carried away by paramours and it sometimes appears that her husband is violently killed by her paramours. If the yogi gives his mind a chance and does not restrain it, his mind will give facility to enemies like lust, anger and greed and they will doubtlessly kill the yogi. Here's what happens if we give the mind a chance. So this is mind. Um, then we have, so how to control the mind? Okay, then we will go to the intelligence. Five eleven seventeen. upekshayadhyedhitam apramattaha gurorhareshcharanopasanastro this uncontrolled mind is the greatest enemy of the living entity. If one neglects it or gives it a chance, it will grow more and more powerful. What happened in the characters of Mantra and Shakuni? They were given chance and they became more and more powerful, more and more powerful and completely took charge of the entire situation by their wrong counsel. Exactly what happens with the mind. Therefore, we have to beat the mind like anything. <clears throat> I think in Ramayana, how, how um, Bharat, he beat, he beat mantra. <laughs> uh, like that, we have to beat the mind. So, if one neglects it or gives it a chance, it will grow more and more powerful and will become victorious. And the moment the mind becomes victorious, we will become utter failures. Although it is not factual, it is very strong. It covers the constitutional position of the soul. O King, please try to conquer this mind by the weapon of service to the lotus feet of the spiritual master and of the supreme personality of Godhead. Do this with great care. Gurur Haresh Charanopasanastro. The weapon, how to kill. Now, today we have this. Uh, information of where first of all yesterday we have the information of what is the enemy who is the enemy lust today we have information of where the enemy is senses mind intelligence now in this verse we have what weapon to use against that enemy so that we can win against the enemy because you know (laughs) when we are um, leading an army a war we have to be strategic we have to be intelligent we have to take intelligent decisions we have to know the strength of the enemy before we, you know, prepare adequately for the battle, right? Uh, you know, what is that? Upayam chintayet, pragna, apayam chintayet. What dangers, what all the enemy can do, in what ways the enemy can harm us. We have to already, you know, uh, preempt all these things. So, that is what is here in the shlokas. These are all giving us shastra. Shastra means sha plus astra. Shasadhatu, that is the root word. Shas means to control, to chastise. And to control our mind, this astra, weapon, is called shastra. Sha plus astra, shastra. So the weapon which controls our mind is called the scripture. Just like the, the constitution of the country is also a scripture, sacred to the country, right? 
so what is that that book controls our actions it has the laws um, article so and so you know clause so and so act so and so all these you know what are they they control the activities of the citizens of the country so that constitution is a weapon by which to control it's a controlling weapon similarly the shastra the scripture is the controlling weapon to control our mind and also our activities everything the mind is at the center of the activities and the intelligence and now this scripture is giving us the exact weapon now in weapon also there are so many weapons right uh, there are nuclear weapons there are this weapon so many weapons what is the most effective weapon to deal with the enemy guru or hare charana upasanaastra because there are other recommendations also oh you must you know do meditation you must do some you know uh, charity you should do, should do you should do some yagyas in this way so many you know weapons are there trying to you know uh, get us out of this uh, what is that lustful propensities but the lust as we saw in the ishopanishad lectures we have seen the lust will not go like that huh you you may cut the grass but the root is still there so the grass will grow again we have to uproot and burn the roots that's when complete cessation of lustful propensities will happen and that is possible how tasmat sankirtanam vishnor jagannamangalam hasam mahatam api kauravya vidhyaikantika nishkritam 6.3.31 of shrimad bhagavatam we have this verse the chanting of the holy name of the lord is able to uproot even the reactions of the greatest sins therefore the chanting of the sankirtan movement is the most auspicious activity in the entire universe please try to understand this so that others will take it seriously chanting that is the most powerful thing to do and all this mind cheto darpanam marjanam bhavamahadavagnirvapanam extinguishing this blazing fire of material existence the the blazing fire of material existence is not somewhere else somewhere else it is these this lust that is setting the senses the mind and the intelligence on fire and that's why we feel the heat of it and the heat is not just you know like warm no 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 it's it's boiling hot you know in the forest fire what what can you expect that's how it is burning flames and that's why we feel so much distress in this material world now intelligence you've seen the senses the mind of course there are so many other verses for the mind as well other than these things but you kind of get the we'll take another um the other weapons you know because the just now the 5 11 17 suggested the guru hari the service to guru and krishna is the weapon by which to control the mind now there are karma karmic weapons gyanic weapons that means by karma there is atonement process to you know remove the sinful reactions but then because the lust is not even touched by those things and gyana 
Yes, a little bit. But then, because there is no information of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, there is impersonal idea, again you will come back to karmic activities. Aruhya krachrena parampadam tataha patantyadho anadrata yushmadangrayaha So, these are all ineffective weapons. The only weapon that is effective, the most powerful weapon is Gurur Haresh Charano Pasanastro. The service to Guru and Krishna. Guru means bona fide Guru, coming in the proper disciplic succession. Uh, in our case, Srila Prabhupada is there. Srila Prabhupada and Krishna, if we serve them, our mind can be completely under control. If we strictly serve them. Um, now, intelligence. Intelligence is another tricky, um, you know, tricky player. Now, um, let's see this. I think it's 6540, I think. I'm guessing here. 6540, is that so? No. Okay, let's see. Ah, 6514, not 14. Okay. See here, Narad Muni was pre- preaching to the Hariyashvas. These were the <laughs> 10,000 sons of uh, Daksha whom Naradmuni liberated them. <clears throat> now here, the Hariyashvas understood the, because Naradmuni spoke in a very allegorical manner, but then Hariyashvas were very, very intelligent. They could understand what he was meaning. So, Naradmuni had described a woman who is a professional prostitute. The Hariyashvas understood the identity of this woman. Now, what is that? what is that identity? Mixed with the mode of passion, the unsteady intelligence of every living entity is like a prostitute who changes dresses just to attract one's attention. If one fully engages in temporary fruitive activities, not understanding how this is how this is taking place, what does he actually gain? You know, the Sanskrit, Nana Rupatmano Buddhi Svairineva Gunanvita this you know <laughs> Sundupal Prabhu just showed me yesterday this Kimasat Karma Bhir Bhavet nine verses end with the same line continuously just like in the Brahma Samhita the last line Govindamadi Purusham Tamaham Bhajami like that how many verses from 29 all the way to 56 that is like 28 verses ending with Govinda Madhapurusham. So, like this, in this chapter, 9 verses end with the same line continuously. Kimasat karma bhir bhavet. What is the use? What is the use of materialistic life? What is the use of materialistic life? In different considerations, various considerations of why, where is the use of materialistic advancement? So, one of them is this. What is the use of you know material intelligent which intelligence which is just like a prostitute? And a prostitute, what is that? Changes dresses just to attract one's attention. Now, in the purport, 
Prabhupada mentions it even more explicitly. A woman who has no husband declares herself independent, which means that she becomes a prostitute. A prostitute generally dresses herself in various fashions intended to attract a man's attention to the lower part of her body. You see, a prostitute generally dresses herself in various fashions intended to attract a man's attention to the lower part of her body. Today, it has become a much advertised fashion for a woman to go almost naked, covering the lower part of her body only slightly, in order to draw the attention of a man to her private parts for sexual enjoyment. The intelligence engaged to attract a man to the lower part of the body is the intelligence of a professional prostitute. This is very important because our intelligence is like that. In the second chapter of Bhagavad Gita, okay, we will go there later, but you see this. Very important to note this. The intelligence engaged because it it requires intelligence. Because the prostitute also requires intelligence. How to attract a man, what to wear, how to wear. Huh? <clears throat> so this all requires intelligence, all planning, right? So <laughs> but what kind of intelligence is that? Intelligence of a prostitute. So our intelligence, which is another strategic position where the lust is sitting, you know, is is compared to this. Now, why is it compared like that? We will see. But we'll read this line again, you see. The intelligence engaged to attract a man to the lower part of the body is the intelligence of a professional prostitute. Similarly, the intelligence of a living entity who does not turn his attention toward Krishna or the Krishna consciousness movement simply changes dresses like a prostitute. What is the benefit of such foolish intelligence? What is the benefit of the such foolish intelligence? One should be intelligently conscious in such a way that he need no longer change from one body to another. Karmis change their professions at any moment. But a Krishna conscious person does not change his profession. That's a fact. Karmis, they change. You know, now this job, then another job, then another job, then another job. You know, even in that company, they change so many jobs. But a Krishna conscious person never changes you know, his profession. Just to satisfy Krishna, that is his profession. For his profession, his, own, his only profession is to attract the attention of Krishna by chanting the Hare Krishna Mahamantra and living a very simple life without following daily changes of fashion. In our Krishna consciousness movement, fashionable persons are taught to adopt one fashion, the dress of a Vaishnava with a shaved head and tilak. They are taught to be always clean in mind, dress and eating in order to be fixed in Krishna consciousness. What is the use of changing one's dress, sometimes wearing long hair and a long beard and sometimes dressing otherwise? This is not good. One should not waste his time in such frivolous activities. One should always be fixed in Krishna consciousness and take the cure of devotional service with firm determination. Here, I would just like to comment that you know even devotees, they like to change dress. When they go out, they wear something else. They, nowadays, it has become a fashion. Only when you come to the temple, uh, then you dress like devotee. Dhoti, kurta or sari. Uh, only when coming to the temple. Uh, after the temple, uh, do own thing. Dress in their own way. I think there is a recent, there is one video also. You know, very vi- viral video. Everybody sharing everywhere. So many people shared with me. You know, some, you know, just like. Uh, it's like, you know, they have this... Uh, 
know, they put their hand in you know, front of the camera and when they take out their hand, they were in the karmi dress and then they will change to uh, devotee dress, you know. And then another Mataji, all Matajis, you know, first they are in the karmi dress and then they put the hand in the, in the camera like this and then they move the hand and then they will be wearing devotional dress. So, they are even promoting that in the video. Like, you see we are, how we are changing dresses. But that's not, you see how Prabhupada is saying, we should not change the dresses. <coughs> we should just stick to one dress, uh, the Vaishnava dress. That's it. So, one should not waste his time in such frivolous activities. And the men, sometimes hairstyle, you know, even devotees, I'm seeing all, you know, so many, you know, ISKCON devotees, this, that. Even, I mean, not only ISKCON, Ritvik also. Those who are not serious, you know, sometimes they just go grow some beard, you know, and then some, some, you know, some French beard sometimes, and sometimes long hair, you know, and tie in a weird way, you know, or sometimes just untied. All these things are contaminations. Prabhupada never, never wanted this. Just one dress, that's it. Um, <clears throat> so, we're not talking just about the outward dress now, but we're talking about the intelligence, which is because of which the outward dress also happens, right? Sometimes they say, um, no, you know, it doesn't matter, dress doesn't matter, its, its main thing is the feeling. Yeah, if the feeling is there, then the dress also can be there, right? Just like if I want to feel like a businessman, um, if, if one goes to a business meeting, then he'll wear, you know, suit and all that. Suit, coat, you know, all this, pants, boots. But when he goes running, he doesn't do that in the suit and boot, you know. He, he does, you know, with his jogging attire, right? So, as you are acting, you know, there's different dresses. So, when we're devotee, we should have devotee dress. And we should all, of course, it's understood that, you know, when one is going to work, he may not be able to wear. But at least the uh, Kantimala, Tilak at least, as much as possible. Um, and then, after that, all the way devotee does. Even if you go into a supermarket to buy some, you know, say, um, you know, just some things, you can always wear devotee dress and go. Why not? You never know whom you will meet. And they will say, hey, this is Hare Krishna. Is there a temple here? How many times it will not, it will not meet people like that? Oh, you are Hare Krishna. Is there a temple in Singapore? You know, they will ask like that. If you, if I did not wear like that, a devotee dress, and I just, you know, wear, you know, pants and shirts, nobody would bother. Sometimes they will ask if they are curious, you know, they will ask, what is this, you know, it's quite, you know, special, you know, what is this dress and what is this, you know, markings and all that. Then there is a chance to preach. It becomes a good starting point to preach. So why we should shy away from these things? You, you just look at the Muslims. The women, they, they cover their, you know, um, hair, the face, and then they wear all the time. Wherever they go, whether it's shopping, whether it's, you know, on the plane or anywhere, just the same. Why can't we do that as devotees? We should always wear our own. We should not have all this fashion, fashion. Now, the intelligence, always changing dresses. Like a prostitute, is very expert. Very expert how to draw the attention of the man to the private part, her private parts. Expert. And that requires intelligence. And she, she has good intelligence to do that. That's, that's the intelligence of a prostitute. Now, second chapter of Bhagavad Gita, 2.41. Vyavasayatmika buddhir ekeha kurunandana bahushakha hyanantascha buddha yo vyavasayinam. 
those who are on this path are resolute in purpose and their aim is one. O beloved child of the Kurus, the intelligence of those who are irresolute is many branched. So, on this path, what is the path? Buddhi Yoga or Bhakti Yoga is being explained here. And those who are on Bhakti Yoga, their path, their intelligence is resolute, their aim is one. Just like a chaste woman. A chaste woman also attracts the, the mind of uh, her husband. A prostitute also attracts, but many men. That's the difference. So, a uh, um, chaste woman, she attracts the mind of the husband by serving him nicely. And also, you know, when needed, she will also serve him. Uh, you know, like what the prostitute does with other men, many men. The chaste woman does only with the husband. That's why it is said, a woman is allowed to become naked only before her husband. So, that is chastity. That is not condemned. But with, you know, in front of everybody or, you know, for all men, uh, that is prostitute. So, and that too, of course, it is not that, you know, husband, wife means just naked. No, that's not. <laughs> that's, that's animals. Just for good progeny. It has to be purposeful. It has to be responsible. Now, the chaste woman, she attracts the mind of a, her husband, only one man. Similarly, a devotee, a, a non-devotee, he will try to, you know, attract or serve so many miserly men. Chapala Sukhala Laba Lagire. What is that? Sheeta Atapa Bata Barishana Edina Jamini Jagire. Vifale Sevinu Kripana Durajana. Chapala Sukhala Lagire. So this is a nice song. There it is said that, um, what is that? Kripana Durajana. We have, we are serving so many, you know, um, people in this world wanting to get happiness, like a prostitute. Prostitute also what? You just waits for men and then tries to serve them for some happiness, gratification, sexual pleasure and money. So that's what a prostitute. And we are also doing the same thing. We are serving so many, so many men. Uh, Kripana Durajana. Vifale. Vifale Sevino. Uselessly I have served uh, wicked and miserly men. Wicked and miserly men. And what did I get in return? Chapala Sukhala Balagere. Very, very flickering, very insignificant happiness I have gotten. There is a... uh, You see, Mukundamala Sotra, 17th verse. Nathe Nahapurushotametri Jagatam Ekadhipe Chetasa Sevyesvasya Padasya Datari Pare Narayane Tishthati Yam Kanchit Purushadhamam Katipaya Gramesamal Parthadam Sevayayam Rigaya Mahenaramaho Mudhavarakavayam 17th verse of Mukundamala Stotra. Our master, the personality of Godhead Narayana, who alone rules the three worlds, whom one can serve in meditation and who happily shares his personal domain is manifest before us. Yet, still we beg for the service of some minor lord of a few villages, 
some lowly man who can only meagerly reward us. Alas, what, what foolish wretches we are. We, we want some you know, paltry rewards and we you know, go after, uh, you know, what is that? Wicked and miserly men. Uh, some lowly man. That's why in that, in that chapter, the Pingala story is there. This is actually Pingala's story, you know. The prostitute, Pingala. See. You see this. There was once a prostitute named Pingala in the city of Videha and from her the Avadhuta learned another lesson. One day she dressed herself in very attractive clothing and ornaments and was waiting from sunset until midnight for a customer. She waited in great anticipation but as the time passed her mind became very uneasy. No man came to see her and in disgust she finally became renounced, giving up her hankering for the arrival of a suitor. Thereafter she engaged herself in thinking only of the Supreme Lord Hari and her mind achieved the supreme platform of peace. The instruction received from her is that hopes for sense gratification are the root cause of all suffering. Therefore, only one who has given up such hankering can fix himself in meditation upon the personality of Godhead and achieve transcendental peace. This is actually the summary of the whole story. You know, there's more detail, but you know, we can understand this. That when we give up that prostitute business that we are engaged in, our intelligence, chastity means just like Sita, when she was in Lanka for 10 months and after Ravan was killed, so she had to pass the Agni Pariksha, the fire test. Now, what was the condition of that test? If there was absolutely not even a single fraction of a moment where you forgot me, Ram said, huh? not even for a fraction of a second your mind deviated from me. If that is the case, then you will be able to walk through this fire unharmed because of your purity. But if your intelligence has been polluted by any other thought, even for a second, you will be burned by this fire. Sita walked and she was not burned by the fire. That means, you look at that intensity of concentration for 10 months, of course, her whole life is that. But just see our case. In 10 months, 24 hours a day, that means 24 times 60, what is that? 1440, 1440 minutes every day and times 60, that many seconds. Not a single second, not even a fraction of those second, for 10 months, she never thought anything but Lord Ram. Of course, her whole life is Ram because she is Lakshmi herself, Sita. Now, just our case. <laughs> How chaste are we that all the time we are just thinking of Krishna? How many things our mind is hopping? We are chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, mind is going. Completely going, berserk. Hare Krishna on the you know mouth and beads are moving. Mind is just roving about, doing its own business, prostitute business. 
just this and that and this and that and this and that so many topics it's no fix no fixation at all at least my mind is like that my intelligence is like that uh, just going here there going here and there running you know uh, so this is called <laughs> fire test sure fail not 10 months you know 10 seconds enough 10 seconds if you can pass you know without uh, you know forgetting krishna oh it's a great you know <laughs> achievement already and that kind of you know uh, lack of attention so uh, how chased are we towards krishna towards the wait a second i don't know if you can see the screen properly let me just see um okay one second oh yeah you can see it okay good you see that so this is intelligence it's it's like a prostitute so we have to fix fixing is how to do that that is by engaging our senses our mind. krishna said तस्मात्षु कालेशु मनुस्मरयुद्ध मय्यर्त मनो बुद्धिर्मे वैश्य संशय एट भगवदगीता देफोर अर्जुन यू शुड ऑलवेज थिंक ऑफ मी इन द फॉर्म ऑफ कृष्ण एंड एट द सेम टाइम कैरी आउट युअर प्रिस्क्राइब ड्यूटी ऑफ फाइटिंग विथ युअर एक्टिविटीज डेडिकेटेड टू मी एंड युअर माइंड एंड इंटेलिजेंस फिक्सड ऑन मी यू विल अटेन मी विदउट डाउट एंड वॉट वॉज दट वर्स Yeah, this is Madhya one dot two hundred and eleven. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu personally composed this verse. Paravyasani nari vyagrapi grahakarmasu tadevasvadayatyantar navasanga rasayanam. This is how our intelligence has to be fixed. <laughs> But the example is of that of a prostitute. I mean. Um, an unchaste woman but the focus that she has on the man other than her husband is so staunch that even if she is doing everything in the household she will she is undeviated in her attention towards that man you see if a woman is attached to a man other than her husband she will appear very busy in carrying out her household affairs but within her heart she is always relishing feelings of association with her paramour Krishna asked Arjuna to fight if you remember you know this previous verse what he said you should always think of me in the form of Krishna and at the same time carry out your prescribed duty of fighting how to fight and think of Krishna at the same time and you know fighting means not just you know uh, some you know child's play uh, 60 arrows you know every 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 minute or every second something like that very very fast nobody could see when Arjuna was picking up the bow when he was putting the bow to his, i mean sorry put, picking up the arrow putting the arrow against the bow and when he is releasing it nobody could see it. it was going just so fast so fast and you know at that speed i mean he's you know shooting in so many directions and not just killing people but also looking out for those arrows which are coming at him from all directions and cutting those arrows in two pieces 
each and every arrow that is coming at him and hitting them back and killing thousands of people at the same time at that time Krishna said you think of me how? that is this verse Paravyasaninari only with love with an attachment with attachment one can do this with love one can think of just like if somebody loves someone no matter what he's doing he's always thinking of that person Paravyasaninari Vyagrapigrahakarmas although Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the most strictest sannyasi he gave this example of a of an unchaste woman giving the idea of chastity she was chaste not to the husband but to the other man and in order not to cause any suspicion she was doing all the household work very carefully so a devotee especially for, especially for grahasthas you know or even even brahmacharis so we have certain activities that need i mean need to be um, uh, done for, for the maintenance of the body or for the grahastha maintenance of one's own body and also the family members we have to work and something like that so while doing all that do all that just like a, that the woman doing everything in the household nicely but the mind is always how to how can i become devotee how can i become devotee how can i become devotee strong devotee how can i become more devotee like that that thinking so this is how one can engage one's intelligence and use all just like uh, ambrish maharaj he uses he used every sense every each and every one of his senses in the service of krishna and that is how when krishna is there you know mama maya duratyaya maam evaya prapadyante maya metam tarantite daivi hiesha gunamayi mama maya duratyaya maam evaya prapadyante maya metam tarantite this divine energy of mind which is maya consisting of the three modes of material nature is difficult to overcome but those who have surrendered unto me can easily cross beyond it so when we surrender to krishna with the strength of krishna yes then the lust is complete lust can be only be counteracted with love and that love is not to anybody else it can only be meant for krishna other than krishna anything else is lust because krishna bahirmukha bhogavancha kare nikatastha mayatare japati adhare prem vivarta by jagadananda uh, he said great acharya so chaitanya mahaprabhu's personal associate so he said like this that krishna bahirmukha bhogavancha kare once we get out of krishna consciousness the next thing is only sense gratification that means lust atmendriya priti vancha tarbali kaam krishnendriya priti chha dhare prem naam so love the lust actually is the perverted reflection of love so when that love of krishna is awakened by chanting then this lust disappears the gyanis they want to uh, curb this lust by not uh, by just stopping all the activities of the senses oh they are, they understand like this oh the lust has taken over senses mind and intelligence okay stop all sensory activities starve the lust stop all mental activities starve the lust stop all intellectual activity and become stone zero sunyavat become zero void this is their understanding so you see <laughs> it is like this 
the enemy has come to kill now i am starving myself and committing suicide who is winning here last is only winning the enemy is winning you know by starving our senses by starving our mind by starving our intelligence we are we just becoming dead hmm because these material mind intelligence and senses are just coverings of the real senses mind and intelligence of the soul so the the mind the soul really has intelligence mind and senses spiritual but they are covered by this material senses mind and intelligence that spiritual intelligence means governed by krishna always taking shelter of krishna that is spiritual intelligence so the idea is not to starve oh the enemy has come to kill me uh, why enemy i will not let him kill me i will not let him kill me i will kill myself hmm? who won enemy won right without any we walk over they call it a walk over the enemy has come to kill but without any effort you know won the war because we committed ourselves suicide so this is spiritual suicide starving the better way is that the senses mind and intelligence turn them into the friends oh they have enemy they come here okay now turn them into friends that lust transforms into love when everything is engaged in krishna service rishikeshan rishikesha sevanam our senses should be engaged in krishna's sense gratification then yes everything is solved this enemy is lust is completely destroyed at the root all the strategic positions we will get back the control and that who has who has done that war who has won that war against lust he is the real hero spiritual hero material hero i think there is a description right there is a nice description prabhupada gave um ah, 425 420 425 25 by becoming by becoming a servant of the senses one becomes a great material hero and by becoming master of the senses he becomes a goswami a spiritual hero see how prabhupada is nicely explaining <laughs> by becoming a servant of senses one becomes a great material hero i mean we have seen that verse right yesterday निर्जित्यधिक्चक्रमभूतविग्रहो,वरासनस्थसमराजवंदितः,ग्रहेशुमाइथुन्यसुखेशुयोषितां,क्रेडामृगपूरुषैशनीयते। he is led about like a pet animal this is a material hero a big conquer conqueror but he is completely under the control of his senses so he is a material hero a spiritual hero is one who won the war against lust who have taken the strategic positions and who transformed and totally destroyed that lust by an overflowing of love of krishna for krishna by engaging in devotional service so when one we engage in devotional service with all our senses actively engaged propad said tax your brain tax your brain how to push forward this krishna consciousness movement tax your brain how to increase book distribution this is so he said intelligence yes tax your intelligence for any project to be successful even material project we have to tax our intelligence right 
similarly Prabhupada said tax your brain how to increase book distribution how to push forward this movement this is what Prabhupada wanted so that is proper use of intelligence so in this way we can conquer the lust so this is the subject for today and uh, let's take the questions First, there is a question by Pooja, Bhaktin Pooja. I want to ask one question. I am a dental student. Many patients come to me, the age of patients 18 to 70, having dental problem. Most of them use gutka and alcohol and these may cause cancer, but we know disease is due to karma. If those people develop cancer due to their karma, then why should I advise to stop these things if cancer is the consequences of karma? then those will die due to cancer then uh, I don't know I think there's some typo happened there so um, anyway I think I understand what you are saying so because of their karma they are suffering so as a doctor why should you advise them to do this or that or treat them because they are suffering the karma So like that, <laughs> okay, that is a material thing as a, and as a doctor, I mean, that is a duty. But um, talking on a more spiro- spiritual point of view, a preacher, now what is preaching? Everybody is suffering, right? Their karma. So a person, a preacher, a devotee can't see others suffering. So you will want to help. Now materially as a doctor, that is your material duty. You have to do that. That's what you're paid for and... And that's what the profession is. Now, whether karma or not, even if there is an expert doctor, it does not mean that the patient is completely cured. He may go into more complications. Sometimes the operation goes wrong. And even with the best medicine, he may die. And sometimes with no medicine, the person may survive. And even then, so actually, let's let's take out that verse because since you're a doctor... Aushadhi Chintayat Vishnum, Ayurveda also says, Aushadhi Chintayat Vishnum, one who takes medicine, he should always think of Vishnu, you know, praying that this medicine will only work if you allow, Lord, my Lord. If you don't allow, it will not work. Now, 7.9.19, you see, Bhagavatam, Balasyaneha Sharanam Pitarao Narsimhan, Narthasya Chagada Mudanvanti Majjato Nao, Udanvati Majjato Nao, Taptasya Tat Pratividhirya Ihanja Sheshtas, Tavad Vibhota Nubhritam, Tvadupekshitanam. My Lord Narsimhadev, O Supreme, because of a bodily conception of life, embodied souls neglected and not cared for by you cannot do anything for their betterment. Whatever remedies they accept, although perhaps temporarily beneficial, are certainly impermanent. For example, a father and mother cannot protect their child, a physician and medicine cannot relieve a suffering patient and a boat on the ocean cannot protect a drowning man. Now, when the, when the doctor gives advice to a diabetic patient, for example, don't eat sweets. He can give that advice. But if the man has no control and he wants to eat sweets and he will hide and eat sweets and whatever he does, 
so despite all the good advice he he has to suffer so similarly we should do our duty as we are obliged in our profession but more important than that we should we should know this this thing from the spiritual point of view that yes everybody is suffering their karma but if the devotees don't go out and preach how are they going to be saved from their karma you know yeah they are undergoing their karma let them suffer that's not the solution because as they are suffering at the same time they are committing more kar- more karma because why the lust is not going from the heart and that has to be removed so one has to give krishna consciousness devotees why do they preach why do devotees preach let them suffer no what is there let them suffer and why there is preaching the devotees are so merciful that even though the the people who are suffering they think that this fellow is is an idiot this preacher is an idiot still he goes out and takes all the insult he takes the insult from the from the people whom he is trying to cure and at the same time that's why titikshavah karunika that is devotee he is helping without shelter at krishna's lotus feet nobody can get out of this karmic cycle and without devotees preaching nobody can get the shelter of krishna Prabhupada went to the west he could have said those hippies let them die you know what is their 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 karma is so bad they have to take drugs and you know, let them go to hell so what they have done this 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 karma before i think they let them go to hell no but prabhupad you know that's why there is this nice shloka um i think you see 112632 nimajjonmajjatam ghore bhavabdhau paramayanam santo brahma vidah shanta naurdridhe vapsumajjatam everybody is, is in like this ocean of material existence and in ocean you know how however expert swimmer you are you just will be i mean death is just imminent there's no way we can escape but you see what the devotees are the devotees of the lord peacefully fixed in the absolute knowledge are the ultimate shelter for those who are repeatedly rising and falling within the fearful ocean of material life such devotees are just like a strong boat that comes to rescue persons who are at the point of drowning this is the mercy our, our movement is a mercy movement we are not a logical movement here we are not like a judge a judge what a judge does criminal go and suffer go that's a judge but devotee you are a criminal all right you are suffering all right let me see how i can help you even the worst criminal that's devotee he does not even think what this person deserves or what does not deserve jati kula vidya bala na kare apeksha ha nityananda prabhu song jati dharma jati bala vidya kula na kare apeksha he did not nitananda prabhu when he was preaching he did not see whether this person was qualified or this person not qualified or whether he is in a high birth or low birth or you know has a lot of karmic baggage or almost free he did not care everybody just give harinam that is our movement mercy movement parama karuna pahu dui jana 
nitai gora chandra if if krishna has to think about our karma forget it then he should have just left us alone let kaliyuga take care of us no why did he come chaitanya mahaprabhu why did he come if chaitanya mahaprabhu did not come what would have been our uh, you know destination where would have, where would, where would we have been the nice song also is there yadi gaur na hoy to tabe ki hoy to ke mone dhari tamde radhar mahima prema rasa sima jagat janato ke beautiful song it's by vasudev vasudev dutt or vasudev ghosh you know <clears throat> how nicely it is you know it was i think vasudev dutt so you know if chaitanya mahaprabhu did not come what would have become of us yes we have done so much bad karma which is why we are in kali yuga so krishna would have just left us alone so a devotee is always para dukha dukhi you know this is what prahlad maharaj said No, the problem is we think we are already a devotee so you know i was qualified so i got this krishna consciousness and you know they all let them suffer no devotee means he should he, he should understand that i was never qualified hmm? bhakti vinod thakur one beautiful song is there what is that um anade karma phale padi bhavarnav jale um Taribare nake nakoenu upai. Then he says, um, uh, no, actually it's another song, but similar starting also. And then he says, um, Kono Mahajane. You know the 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 great soul has picked me up from this hopeless material material ocean that I was suffering in. A great soul has come and picked me up out of his mercy. that is what we were never qualified to receive this but out of chaitanya mahaprabhu's mercy out of prabhupada's mercy we have received that mercy 7944 prahlad maharaj prayena deva munaya svavimukti kama maunam charanti vijane na parartha naitan vihaya kripanan vimumuksha eko nanyam tvadasya sharanam bhramato nupashye My dear Lord Narsimhadev, Pallad Maharaj said, I see that there are many saintly persons indeed, but they are interested only in their own deliverance. Not caring for the big cities and towns, they go to the Himalayas or the forest to meditate with vows of silence, Maunavrat. They are not interested in delivering others. As for me, however, I do not wish to be liberated alone, leaving aside all these poor fools and rascals. I know that without Krishna consciousness without taking shelter of your lotus feet one cannot be happy therefore I wish to bring them back to shelter at your lotus feet mm-hmm. So when a devotee desires like that the lord has no choice but to accept you see I'll I'll show you this verse This is important the touch of a devotee changes the karma of a person This verse this shloka that I'm showing 10.10.25 here this was a thought that krishna was thinking when you know that two yamalarjun trees that krishna you know with the ukal with that motor he has gone through that and then the damodar lila the two arjuna trees crashed to the ground 
and then became Nalakuvar and Manigriva. So, this Nalakuvar and Manigriva were actually, you know, Kuvera's sons. And, you know, very you know, heavenly, heavenly planets. But they were intoxicated and, you know, enjoying naked with women in the lake. And when Naradmuni passed by, all the women, they were naked, but they, you know, quickly rushed to cover themselves. Because a great saint was coming by and they were, you know, doing some hopeless activity. So, they did that. But these two did not have, even have the decency to do so. They were just naked, you know, just enjoying and did not even care for Narada's presence there. Drunk. Then he cursed them. Oh, you want to stand naked? Alright, you become naked as trees. And then they stood as trees. And when they were cursed, they asked, please, you know, forgive us. You know, we do not know what we were doing in intoxication. Then he said, alright. My curse will not go back. You will still be a trees only. For thousands of years you will stand. And the, I will change a little bit. Krishna will come and he will release you personally from this curse. Supreme Personality of Godhead will come you. That will be my benediction. And Krishna actually came. Now, Krishna was thinking this now. When he, as a small boy, he was, you know, he, he, um, he was going to, you know, go through that Yamalajan trees to deliver them. Devar Shirme Priyatamo Yad Imao Dhanadatmajau Tattathasadha Yishyami Yad Geetam Tan Mahatmana Although these two young men are the sons of the very rich Kuvera and I have nothing to do with them. Devar Narada is my very dear and affectionate devotee. And therefore, because he wanted me to come face to face with them, I must do so for their deliverance. This is how Krishna works. This is how our karma ends. Because of a devotee's desire. If Prabhupada asks Krishna, you please take this person, then Krishna cannot reject. But Prabhupada is making a condition. You follow 16 rounds and Chant 16 rounds, follow four regulative principles. And of course, Mangalarti, you know, taking Krishna Prasadam and all that, reading my books. You will go back to Godhead. How is he promising that? Because if you do that, then Krishna has to take back because of Prabhupada's words. Not because of my great devotion that I am chanting 16 rounds very, you know, attentively, very greatly I am chanting. That's why I am getting some devotion. No, no, no. Because of Prabhupada's mercy, because Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur said, if we don't chant 64 rounds a day, we are animals. We are not human beings. So actually our state is that we are not human beings. We are animals chanting 16 rounds. But because Prabhupada has, has a contract with Krishna, contract of love, Krishna must, just like here, you see, what is this? Because Narada promised that I will come to fulfill my devotee Narada's promise, I am coming to deliver them. I have nothing to do with them. You see, I have nothing to do with them. Similarly, Krishna has nothing to do with us. Nothing. We think we are some great devotee. Nothing. Out of Prabhupada's mercy, we have been saved. Similarly, those who are suffering, whatever karma there is, yes, there may be nothing. But if Prabhupada's mercy can somehow go there, give them some book, ask them to come to the temple, give them some prasadam, or you have dentist problem, you have dental problem, or you take this prasadam and eat first. Give them prasadam, you know, <laughs> and let them take. 
Mm. If you are from India, then you know India, you know everybody will be pious, you know. You know, mostly they will take prasadam. Oh, prasadam, okay. Uh, that will cure them. Even if they have diabetes, you know, take some sweet, whatever it is. Take prasadam. Uh, give them some prasadam. Keep some prasadam with you always. Uh, after with the medicine, give prasadam. And that way, at least, at least keep some books in the clinic and let them get Prabhupada's mercy and then they will be saved. Mm. All karma will be gone. Alright. Question from Bhaktin Jyoti. Hare Krishna Prabhuji, my son is asking a question. Why do people commit suicide? Is this planned by God? What does depression actually mean? Then will the soul get mukti? No, no, no. One who commits suicide will become ghost. He will become ghost. So, whether it is within God's plan? See, God's plan is like this. He has given us it is not his plan, first of all, that we have come into this material world. It is our plan. God has provided for our plan. Yes. So, whatever we have done in our past life, those will come to us as reactions because of the law he has created, the law of karma. And we are the ones who sowed the seeds of karma. and We are the ones who are reaping the results. He is just a facilitator here. He is providing us all facilities. Facilities. When we are interested in him, then he will start to speak to us through bona fide guru, Prabhupada. Now, <clears throat> suicide is that is that Krishna's plan? No, none of none of our material life is Krishna's plan. By the way, none. Whether we even we become successful, that is also not Krishna's plan. But just like, for example. The judge. The judge has planned for our... Suppose I am a criminal and I am destined to... you know, The judge decides, okay, 10 years for you within the prison. So that judge has planned for me my next 10 years. Right? Because of my crime. But because of my crime. It is not that the judge has anything against me. I, I just hate your face. I have 10 years for... Get lost. I don't want to see you. No. It's <laughs> because of us. We started it. We are the ones responsible. So, every time it's us, we are calling the shots all the time. Man proposes, God disposes. It should be the other way around. God should propose, we should be disposing. So, what God says, we should fulfill that order. God's order, we have to carry out. But now, we are ordering God. Whether it be directly ordering Him or by doing our activities, our karma, God is giving us reactions. If we do pious activities, we get you know, so-called pious reactions and impious activities, impious reactions. Now, that suicide, whatever be our situation, what we are experiencing now is the karma of our, resultant karma of our previous seeds that we have sown. Now, we are eating the fruit, the ripened fruit of that seed somewhere in the past which we have sown. Now, what I do, that has nothing to do with what I am experiencing. I can choose. I have that free will of what I can do now. For example, in Prabhupada's life, I mean, I've said this many times. So, when he was a grihastha, at one point of time, he lost his business. His manager, who was running the business in Allahabad, and Prabhupada was in Kolkata. And, I th- by the way, I think you are also from Kolkata, I think. <laughs> so, that manager screwed it up. He completely cheated Prabhupada, and the whole business was gone. That was the situation. 
Now, how we react to that situation is what matters. An ordinary man or a person in the mode of ignorance would take to drinking some you know, intoxication, some kind of you know whatever it is. But Prabhupada thought, wow, Krishna has taken the last attachment that I had. Now I have to fully preach. No more. Di-. His plan was that with the business he would earn money and with that money he would print books and he would expand, he would start the movement like that. That was his plan. But Krishna's plan was another. No, 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 you preach, I will give the money. Prabhupada went with 40 rupees to America and Krishna gave the whole world. So, Krishna's plan, <laughs> Prabhupada said, in my whole life there was never disagreement with between me and Krishna. Only one disagreement. That I wanted the money first and then I wanted to preach. But Krishna wanted me to preach first and then he wanted to give me the money. That was the only disagreement. And Krishna defeated me and then that that became my success. So, so how he reacted to the situation? Same situation. But because of his intelligence, he chose to react. He took it as a blessing rather and, you know, took that as a springboard to his, you know, do more service to his spiritual master. So, likewise, that suicide, that depression, first of all, depression, why does it take place? Because of the bodily conception of life. Because of this false ego. Because I think I am the body. And if my sense gratification is, there is absolutely no hope of getting sense gratification, I become depressed. So, we are defining our happiness on how much we can gratify our senses. That's totally a wrong definition of happiness even. Our senses, our, our real happiness is atyantikam, sukham atyantikam yatad buddhigraha matindriyam. You see this. This is the, you see this, sukham atyantikam yatad buddhigraha matindriyam vetti yatra tad vetti yatra na chaivayam sthitas chalati tatvataha yam labdhvacha param labham manyate nadhikam tataha yasmin sthito na dukhena guru napi vichalyate tadvidya dukhasam yoga viyogam yoga samgitam see this in the stage of perfection called trance or samadhi that means when, one's in, when one is actually fixed in Krishna consciousness one's mind is completely restrained from material mental activities by practice of yoga this perfection is characterized by one's ability to see the self by the pure mind and to relish and rejoice in the self that means his happiness is not at all coming from the circumstances this circumstantial happiness is just what you know what they are fatal attractions just like you know the situation the moth when he sees the fire so blazing so nice yay jump into the fire finish burn burn to death that's what happens to a moth and this this and when there is hopelessness there just like the um, you know what um, the animal when he is on the desert when he sees this mirage and he sees that wow there is so much water so thirsty run run as fast as I can and then go there it just moves further and he even runs farther and farther and farther and then just the illusory pleasure just moves farther and farther and he becomes completely exhausted and he dies so we are chasing material pleasure which is never to be captured it's like the donkey you know which has this you know that um, <laughs> the stick from its neck and then the carrot hanging just one foot away from its mouth and then he wants to eat the carrot and he you know walks forward and forward and forward 
the more he walks forward, the more the carrot goes forward. He will never get it. So, uh, like that, we are being fooled. So, when we chase, Dushpurena, yesterday's verse, if you have seen, okay, first, what I wanted to show actually is this. In that joyous state, one is situated in boundless transcendental happiness realized through transcendental senses. Established thus, one never departs from the truth and upon gaining this, he thinks there is no greater gain. Being situated in such a position, one is never shaken, even in the midst of the greatest difficulty. He doesn't become depressed because his platform of happiness is way higher than all these circumstantial happiness. Like for example, you know, when you are in a city, you know when there are these skyscraper buildings, I don't know if in India there are, but here there are. Skyscraper, huge buildings, like you know when you are touching the sky, looks like. Insurmountable, I mean so high, everything is so high. But when you are on the plane, however high a building may be, it will just appear flat surface of the earth, that's it. So, if our consciousness is on that platform, so high, all these insurmountable things that that appear insurmountable when we are on the ground will become completely, I mean you can pass through mountains in the plane, right? Even a mountain is just like, just like a few seconds we are passing a mountain already. Whereas if you want to do that on foot, I think we will die. Uh, we will, may not be even able to climb the mountain in the first place. Die. Many people die in that. What is that? Um, that Himalayan mountain. Um, so, that is that is the Mount Everest. Yeah, The Mount Everest. So, they die. But in a plane, you can just cross over the mountain like that without a single hindrance. So, that's how our consciousness, if it is that high, if we are always in the spiritual consciousness, you see, I actually forgot to show this verse, which will just come a few, three verses after today's verse. Um, not this, 342, sorry. Indriyane paranyahur, you see, Indriyane paranyahur, Indriyebhyaha paramanaha, Manasastu parabuddhir, Yobuddhehe parasastu saha. The gradations, the hierarchy, the working senses, of our body are superior to dull matter mind is higher than the senses intelligence is still higher than the mind and he the soul is even higher than the intelligence so we have to come to the platform of the soul which we actually are we are the soul but we have accepted these unnecessarily these lower states of consciousness basing that I mean thinking that I am the body and that's where the whole problem is coming we have to go back to our original state which is that spiritual state now that is only possible if we render devotional service to Krishna. We have to catch hold of the lotus feet of Krishna. That's why it is said in the five, fifth chapter, 22nd verse of Bhagavad Gita. Yehi samsparsha jabhoga dukha yonaya evate adyantavantaha kaunteya nateshuramate buddhaha. An intelligent person does not take part in the sources of misery. A foolish person, he thinks these sources of misery are the sources of happiness. An intelligent person does not take part in the sources of misery, which are due to contact with the material senses. O son of Kunti, such pleasures have a beginning and an end, and so the wise man does not delight in them. Why does this depression and why does these suicidal tendencies happen? Because there was an exceptional amount of hankering, 
and when the hankering did not happen when it did not come to pass then there is an excessive lamentation and this shochati and kaankshati you know goes to atmahatyati you know <laughs> that's what me and my brother we always say like that kaankshati shochati atmahatyati <laughs> first great hope hoping you know then the hope does not come to pass uh, it just it doesn't happen and one laments oh my life is useless now and then goes into a state of depression and then goes to suicidal tendency and commits suicide if he is actually that that mad you see here 18.54 of bhagavad gita brahma bhuta prasannatma nashochati nakankshati samah sarveshu bhuteshu madbhaktim labhate param one who is thus transcendentally situated at once realizes the supreme brahman and becomes fully joyful supreme brahman parabrahman is krishna parabrahma param dham pavitram paramam bhavan this is brahma bhuta stage and becomes fully joyful he never laments or desires to have anything he is equally disposed toward every living entity in that state he attains pure devotional service unto me see the moment we hanker for something that means we are acknowledging the fact that at the present moment i am not happy if you if i am happy i wouldn't hanker after something right does a millionaire hanker after a 10 dollar note <gasps> 10 dollar note oh, i want it no he does for him it's not big deal but for a absolute beggar if he finds a 10 dollar note wow you know he wants it because that means he is in need of that i mean he not exactly need he is he is lacking that so when we are hankering after something we are acknowledging the fact that i am not happy in the my present state and i am thinking if i can just have that i will be happy but then that is a mirage we think that is water and that's our problem even if we achieve that i gave the example of this boxer uh this boxer he was a world champion when he was a teenager i think mike tyson after mike tyson oh yeah his name was also tyson tyson fury yeah this was his name so actually his father named him after mike tyson because his father was also a boxer whatever so this this boy he was 13 years old and he saw this uh, another champion so he was a world champion and this boy 13 years old when he becomes maybe 20 years old i mean 7 years or maybe he was actually 16 years old i think 15 or 16 around around there. and then he, another 5 years he wanted to become at 20 21 years old he wanted to defeat that champion that was his like goal and he was practicing very hard and you know he was you know winning all the tournaments and all that he was climbing up the ladder and finally that match happened they both fought they both fought and then he won and that person was his idol and he grew up and he defeated him after that 10 minutes later after the victory he went into a depression suicidal tendency for the next 3 years because you know why he thought that was the aim of his life and at the age of 24 or something he already achieved it now what so if this is the peak then i only have to go down from now if i have climbed to the peak and then now it's down there's no other he based his happiness on that so even if one achieves one's desired goal he will still feel depressed so our definition of happiness must change we should know who we are first we are trying to become happy in an incompatible situation 
we are a spirit soul this material world is temporary we are eternal it's like you know if i take a singapore the plug and put it into an indian plug point it doesn't go through the the, the socket is different you need an adapter right so it doesn't it just doesn't, doesn't go through so like that it is incompatible so we just like a fish out of water a fish out of water if you try to give anything the fish will go more and more dip- depressed you just have to put the fish back in the water and it will be happy but if you put you know nice air conditioned room and you know some big you know nice gold laced curtains and a nice soft bed and you know nice you know big banquet and all that the fish is na- the fish is going to be struggling only that's all and that's our problem here in this material world we are struggling here in this material world because this world is not made for us this is not our, this is a foreign atmosphere we are not meant to be here we have to go back to our natural habitat which is the spiritual world we are spiritual the abode of the lord is spiritual the supreme lord is spiritual we need to go back there and that sanatan dharma that alone will give us that happiness and then we will never be depressed even the worst the worst situation guruna pe vicharlete just now we have seen even the worst situation will not shake us that strength of character that strength of the mind we will get if you are spiritually i mean what the pandavas went through you know i'll show you this um <laughs> bishma dev said this while he was lying down on the bed of arrows just few moments before his death he he turned to the pandavas and he he lamented their their condition he said this 1.9.12 shrimad bhagavatam aho kashtam aho nyayam yadyuyam dharmanandanah jeevitum narhata narhatha klishtam vipradharma chutashrayah bishmadev said oh what terrible sufferings and what terrible injustices you good souls had to suffer for being the sons of religion personified you did not deserve to remain alive under those tribulations yet you were protected by the brahmanas god and religion krishna's protection is so strong that even he we will be able to pass through the greatest of obstacles not just that not just that i'll show you more kunti devi is praying she said what you see this is amazing we have seen that a devotee can pass through any difficult circumstance right now you see kunti devi is speaking to krishna you have saved us from all these things what are those vishan mahagneh purushad darshanat asat sabhaya vanavas krichratah mridhe mridhe neka maharathastrato My dear Krishna, your lordship has protected us from a poisoned cake, from a great fire, from cannibals, from the vicious assembly, from sufferings during our exile in the forest and from the battle where great generals fought, the Kurukshetra war. And now you have saved us from the weapon of Ashwatthama. They went through the most suffering, but they never were depressed, not once, not just that. You see how bold is Kunti Devi, you know, she said, Vipadaha santu taha shashvat tatra tatra jagat guru bhavato darshanam yatsyat apunar bhava darshanam. She is so bold, you look at this. I wish that those, all those calamities would happen again and again so that we could see you again and again. for seeing you means that we will no longer see repeated births and deaths 
she is so strong that after a full life of tribulations she said i wish that all those ca- who goes to krishna and to the temple and say, krishna please give me the greatest calamity that you can give give me the worst thing that i mean the worst thing that you can show that you give me who prays who prays like that <laughs> nobody but here is is she she's so bold she's so bold because she's she has a full confidence of the protection of krishna she just wants to see krishna that's it it doesn't matter we are through suffering or what i want to just see you because by seeing you means no longer seeing repeated birth and death therefore she's saying i wish that all those calamities would happen not just again not and she did not say once more please no 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 again and again and again uh, so, you know how she is prepared to go through this a million times can you imagine that this is the strength of the devotee uh, this is how strong you will become if you become devotee of krishna for seeing you means there will no longer see repeated birth and death all right next question i hope that answered the question my mind is just like a single horse being ridden by the five senses of perception headed by sight each sense wants to ride that horse and thus they pull my mind in five five directions simultaneously in what direction will it go if they all pull pull at one time certainly the horse will lose its life how can i tolerate this atrocity wow 15.17 huh antya so beautiful verse uttama Oh, this is Bhagavad Gita. What am I saying? <laughs> okay, wait a second. Antya. Hmm. Ekashva ekakshane pancha pancha diketane Ekamana kondike jai Ekakale shobetane My mind is just like a single horse. Well, this is, this is how our mind is, you know. Single horse ridden by five senses of perception, head, headed by sight. Each of my senses wants to ride that horse and thus they pull my mind in five different directions simultaneously. If, in what direction will it go? If they all pull at one time, certainly the whole... horse will lose its life how can i tolerate this atrocity this is how our senses are pulling us in each way shakuni go to hell actually shakuni is the personification of dwapara yuga and duryodhan was the personification of kali yuga you know so they are meant to do that uh, actually so the question is whether shakuni went to hell actually bishma dev said that whoever died in that battlefield of kurukshetra in front of krishna in the presence of krishna they all were liberated actually in that same chapter 19th chapter of the first canto or oh, sorry 9th chapter so they were actually all liberated suchandra prabhu can you please help to provide some examples from shastra when mind becomes our friend well ambrish maharaj was a perfect example all the devotees that bhagavatam is full of such examples where the mind was the greatest friend of the person all devotees if you see their lives like haridas thakur for example maya came he was not even moved his mind was his greatest friend whereas 
Vishwamitra Muni's mind was gone. Enemy. Menaka came, he did not even see Menaka. He just heard the ankle bells. Ching, 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 ching. Gone. <laughs> Thousands of years he was doing tapasya. Ching, 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 ching. When Menaka did that and then finish. Gone. Thousands, how powerful woman is. You know. <coughs> But Haridas Thakur, she asked him, you know, for sex in the middle of the night and nobody was there. You could have easily done it, but no. And it was the most romantic of scenes and, you know, very nice breeze, the full moon night and then he was in the cave and nobody around, just pure, very nice. But no, he changed her into a devotee. So like this, all pure devotees, if you see, their mind has become the greatest friend. Even Prahlad Maharaj, he was so much oppressed by his father, but he never gave in. Who can be more depressing you know, than Prahlad Maharaj's situation? Right? I mean, tortured. It's not just depression, it's just mental, you know. This is physical torture. Throwing in the pit of snakes, throwing from the mountain, you know, throwing uh, from the cliff, sorry. I'm tra- getting him trampled by the elephants. Own son, who, which father will do that to the son? If any father does that to the son, how much depressed the son will become? I mean, will die, first of all. Here, Prahlad Maharaj is there. He suffered, I mean, he went through all that. Lord Krishna was there saving him. And finally, Hiranyakashipu was killed. So, in that way, every every time devotees, all the examples, the minds are their friends. They never gave in, they never compromised. He, Prahlad Maharaj never for once, oh, you know what, I, I should be just like, Hiranyakashipu is very you know, fearsome. I, I will, in front of him, I will just chant Om Hiranyanama so that I will not disturb him. But, you know, uh, uh, when he's not there, I will chant Hare Krishna. No, no, no. You, you know, what is the best thing you have learned? Uh, the best thing I have learned, my dear, uh, best of the demons, that, uh, you know, the best person is Supreme Personality of Godhead and the best thing that, you know, we have to serve Him. You got very angry. What nonsense you are talking, five-year-old, and all the devatas are afraid of me. What are you talking nonsense? Huh? And he, you know, tried to kill his son. Then it backfired. There are innumerable examples. I mean, if we just read Bhagavatam and Chaitanya Charitamrita, full of such examples only. Next question by Bhakta Virendra. I mean, even Arjuna, in the beginning, he said, my mind is completely out of control. I am, you know, he was, you know, hands were shivering. You know, hair was standing on end. Tears were flowing from his eyes. What is that? Completely gone. His mind was completely gone. And when Krishna spoke the whole Bhagavad Gita, then he said, Karishya Vachanam Tava. Fully friend. Mind was fully his friend. Next question, Bhaktivarendra. Is surrender in Krishna consciousness in a subtle manner because a devotee invests his mind and intellect while chanting holy names? Um... What is the meaning? Is surrender in Krishna consciousness in a subtle manner because a devotee invests his mind and intellect while chanting holy names? Surrender means to just do what Krishna asks us to do. Not subtle, gross, everything, everything. Next, um, again by Bhaktavirendra. Was Pingala a self-realized prostitute? She became self-realized. Next question by um, Prima Bhakti Mataji. Wasn't it offensive on the part of the Ayodhya residents to hurl unfounded accusations on Lord Ram and the goddess of fortune Sita? Were they duly punished? They would have been punished, not maybe by the Lord. Um, definitely the reaction will be there, right? So I don't know the exact story what exactly happened to them. But. Next question by Vimal Prabhu. 
how could one be self-realized and prostitute at the same time? No, no. She was prostitute, but then she became self-realized after her hopes for sense gratification faded and she became, you know, a devotee of the Lord. I mean, even prostitutes sometimes they hear, like Bilumangal Thakur, his, his spiritual master Chintamani was a prostitute, but she was also a devotee. But, you know, she was not practicing, of course, the illicit sex principle, definitely. But she knew, you know, about Krishna consciousness. She has heard before. So, um, you know, anybody can become a devotee. But, of course, even that prostitute which came to Haridas Thakur, she also became a devotee after that. So, Chintamani was just saying to Bilumangal Thakur, like, wow, if this much attraction you had for Krishna, you would have been such a great devotee. But because Bilumangal Thakur's guru, Somagiri Prabhu, actually we have so many, one Somagiri Prabhu in the audience here from Hungary. <laughs> so actually that is Bilumangal Thakur's guru's name. So Somagiri was his spiritual master. So he remembered the instruction. When she said that, it reminded him of the... So he accepted her as a Siksha Guru. And his Diksha Guru is Somagiri. And then he left that place and then went to Vrindavan. So... She became a devotee, not that, you know. And in fact, there is another story also, Padma Puran, the Gita Mahatmya. There, one of the stories is about prostitute. She, she read the fifth chapter of Bhagavad Gita or something, something like that. I mean, she was, she was saved because of, I, I don't remember the whole story again. Um, so, anybody can be delivered, no? Actually, there is a nice story. The Brahman and the prostitute. You know the story? I think some of you know. So, there was one Brahmana. And across the street, there was this house of a prostitute. So, on that side, there was a Brahmana and this side the prostitute. So, the Brahmana was sitting in the veranda of his house, the, the you know courtyard of his house. And he was, you know, taking on a pile of stones. He had a pile of stones. And the prostitute, you know, was having customers throughout the day or night, whatever. Throughout day and night, maybe whenever she was free, she was having customers. And each time a man went in, you know, he put one one stone. Um, you know, in that way he was counting so many. And, you know, the count became so increased. So the Brahmana was always meditating on the prostitute. See how fallen, how nonsense this prostitute is. Look at this, how many men, you see. Each time a man went inside, you know, one stone he put from this heap to on uh, to this side. Every day this was his counting. You know, this was count, uh, counting. So, oh, every 15 minutes, come on, man, this prostitute is like too much, you know. Every half an hour, you know, 45 minutes, you know, one, one, one. What is this? And, you know, this, and the prostitute was having all these affairs. But then she was looking at the Brahmana. And she looked at those, you know, that the stones, you know. And we saw, she saw a heap of stones on one side and, you know, so many stones here. She, she was thinking, wow, this Brahmana is so pure. I, look at me, I am such a you know, hopeless wreck. And, you know, my profession is so fallen and I am such a low-class person. And look at the Brahmana. You see how many ch- times he is chanting the holy name. You see how many stones he has. He must be chanting his japa so seriously, you know, so, you know, so this thing. And in that way, she meditated on the qualities of the Brahmana, on the holy name. You know, he must be chanting Hare Krishna. You see how many times he is chanting Hare Krishna. And the Brahmana was married. You see how many men he is. How many men he is. Look at, look at that. Look at that. Wow. You know, 
from everywhere ah, I, i know this guy this guy came from that you know that street I, i know this guy at that time i went to the shop i saw him oh this this person oh he, he was med- he, this was this was his meditation and the prostitute's meditation was you see how this brahmana is so pure so it so happened that both died at the same time and the yamadutas came and picked up picked up the brahmana and the vishnudutas came and picked up the prostitute and went <laughs> so the thing is what we have been thinking all our life so so you know of course we are not condoning the profession of a prostitute but you know we should be meditating on the holy names and we should chant hari krishna so even a prostitute can be delivered just by thinking of the holy names and appreciating you know somebody who is chanting the holy names even though he was not actually chanting the holy names but he she was thinking so that thought of the lord actually purified her over time and then she eventually passed away and then yeah, vishnu das came for her yamadu das came for the brahmana who you are meditating on illicit sex whole life you know what is this <laughs> so next uh, question by bhakta virendra how do we know that we are more under uh, the influence of bhakti or more under the influence of lust well we have no attraction for krishna means we are under the completely lust only you know actually one one uh, devotee asked prabhupad <coughs> um prabhupad you know we are you know we are devotees we are trying to be krishna conscious why do why do we come why why sometimes we fall in maya prabhupad said no all the time you are in maya sometimes you are krishna conscious sometimes not sometimes you are in maya no sometimes you are krishna conscious mostly you are in maya <laughs> that is our position krishna smaranam prabhu what is the difference between mind and mind and intelligence just one second no? one second okay so what was the question what is the difference between mind mind and intelligence okay mind is a factory of desires now when we see the sense objects the senses will see them and mind will mind has ideas and the intelligence will you know execute those ideas to perfection so intelligence is the rational part of the you know our our rational faculty now the mind may say let's steal let's do some robbery now the intelligence rationalizes the whole situation hey you know what that person did that robbery and he got you know heavily you know punished and i mean how why do you want to get into it it's not at all worth the risk so this anal- analysis is done by intelligence so that buddhi and if the bu- in, if the intelligence is weak then instead of advising the mind he will carry out the mind's desires in the best way possible because intelligence means to do everything meticulously and you know do everything nicely the the reasoning and and the intellectual part the, you know, that is intelligence the rationalizing part the the planning part so the desire part is mind is just a factory of desires just churn out desires all the time whether possible or impossible just churn the desires first and let the then the intelligence will take over how to fulfill this desire what plan to make all these things come from the intelligence but if the intelligence is strengthened by spiritual knowledge intelligence can check the movements of the mind if the mind has some plans ideas for sense gratification the intelligence is shut up shut up 
So intelligence you can say that to the mind because intelligence will be strengthened by spiritual knowledge because higher than the senses is the mind and higher than the mind is intelligence and then higher than the intelligence is the soul. So from the and higher than the soul is the super soul and that is Krishna. So when Krishna gives the knowledge to the soul that is the Bhagavad Gita and with that knowledge spiritual knowledge the intelligence will be strengthened and then the mind will be controlled and then the senses will be controlled and this way one becomes a Goswami. So the driver is Krishna. So, but if our senses are the drivers, oh, that's trouble. Our senses dictating the, you know, uh, this, 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 and then the mind is becoming, yes, come on, let's do it. Intelligence is okay. As you, uh, what is it? Your wish is my command, and then finish. The whole soul is just, <laughs> the soul is just, the soul is a sufferer uh, because of the false ego. Everything just becomes messed up. Next, um, Virendra, Bhakta Virendra. Why is a devotee dependent on Krishna for everything while a karmi thinks he is the doer of everything? Both devotee and karmi have their own free will, but one depends on Krishna and the karmi uses his own free will. No, no, no. Both use their free will. One uses his free will, one misuses his free will. Using free will means one you know, voluntarily surrenders to Krishna and he still acts. It is not that you know, he will just become inactive. No, he will act fully. But as Krishna has ordered him to do so. But in the karmi, he will think that he is the doer and he, is, he has his own plans without any reference to Krishna's plans. So in this way, it is just a use and misuse, proper use and misuse of the free will. Both are using their free will. One gives up their free will for Krishna. He voluntarily, he uses his free will to surrender to Krishna. This person, the karmi, he misuses his free will and goes against Krishna. That's it. And that proper use can come from proper intelligence fueled by spiritual knowledge. That's why we should read Bhagavad Gita, read Prabhupada's books every day so that we can become strong and we can combat this lust which is sitting on the strategic locations. Alright, so that brings us to the end of the session. Thank you very much for staying. Thank you very much. Bhagavad Gita ki jai, Srila Prabhupada ki jai, Ananta Kodi Vaishnavrind ki jai, Nitai Gaur Premanand, Hari Hari Bol, Hare Krishna.